This sermon is titled The Power of His Resurrection. Be enriched as you listen. This morning I want to take this opportunity to remind us as believers, as God's people, about the power of His resurrection. The power of His resurrection. The Apostle Paul, he prayed this prayer in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 to 21. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 to 21. As he prayed for the believers at Ephesians, this was his prayer. He said, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance and the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power towards us, toward us who believe. According to the working of His mighty power, which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead, and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. So the Apostle Paul is giving us a little insight into his prayer life of how he is praying for believers. And it's something that you and I can adapt to our own prayer lives as we pray for other believers. Just a good model prayer to follow. But I want to bring our attention to a few things. He's saying, I'm praying that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. That means this thing doesn't come just by natural means. It, it, it comes through the work of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit will enlighten the eyes of your understanding. So the Holy Spirit needs to enlighten our eyes. Open our eyes, the eyes of believers. He's praying for believers, remember this. He's not praying for the unsaved, he's praying for believers. He's saying, believers, I'm praying that God will give you his Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom and revelation, so that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. I want your eyes to be enlightened. So put your hands on your own heart and say this to me, Oh God, may my eyes be enlightened. See, it's a prayer we need to continually pray. You see, like the psalmist in the old, he prayed this prayer. He's, you know, he said, oh God, open my eyes that I may see or behold wonderful things from your words. So it's one thing to read the Bible, but it's another thing to have your eyes open to things that are in the Bible. And so Paul is praying. He's praying for the believers that God will give you the Holy Spirit to enlighten you. We call it revelation knowledge, that God will give you revelation knowledge. And he lists four things there that he wants believers to know. And you can imagine this, if Paul had to pray for you and me, he might write to us, 
I write to you all the believers at All People's Church. I'm praying for you that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And then he'll pray these four things for you and me. What does he pray for you, for us, for believers? Number one, verse 17, he says, that God will enlighten your eyes and give you the spirit of wisdom and understanding in the knowledge of him. So first thing, our eyes have to be open to know God in knowing him. Then he continues, that you may know the hope of his calling. Second thing, as believers, that we may know the hope or the purpose of his calling. So you ask many believers, you know, what's God's call on life? I don't know. What are you here for? I don't know. Well, Paul's praying. I want you to know the purpose to which God has called you. And it's a prayer we all need to pray for ourselves. You know, having purpose in life, to know our calling. You know, you can use whatever language, but it's to know what God has called you to. I praying, I want you to know the hope of His calling, the purpose of His calling. What has He called you to? Third, I want you to know the riches of His inheritance for His saints, His own people. That means I want you to know what your inheritance is in God. See, as believers, it's so important for us to know our inheritance. What God has freely made available to you and me. That's why we keep teaching and preaching. And hopefully, somewhere here or there, that will get into you and me. That we will know the riches of His inheritance for us as His saints, as His people. And then the fourth thing he prays, that you might know, again, he says, I want you to know the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe. So I want you to know this. I want your eyes to be open to know how great, how immeasurably great is his power that he has made available to you and me, people who believe. So God has made his power available to you and me as believers. But in this verse, verse 19, he attempts to help us get a grip, get an understanding of this power that God has made. How many kilowatts is it? He tells us. Listen carefully. How much of God's power? He says that you might know the exceeding riches, exceeding greatness of His power to us, towards us who believe according to, or in accordance to, in the same measure of, according to the power which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him up from the dead. And seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this world, but even in the world to come. What's he saying? He's saying, believers, I'm focusing on the fourth point. He's saying, believers, 
I want you to get an understanding. I want you to know the greatness of the power that God has made available to you and me. And the power that God has made available to you and me is the same power that he used when he raised Jesus up from the grave. Meaning the resurrection power. The power that's available to you and me today as believers, which God has put at our disposal. He says, this is the same power with which I raised Jesus from the dead. The power of his resurrection is the power that's been made available to you and me, we who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. So tell your neighbor, his resurrection power is available. Plug in. Yeah, tell them the last part. Plug in. <laughs> you see, if you don't plug in, you can't experience the part. So you've got to plug in. But what's on the other side? What's been made available? It's the same power that God used when he raised Jesus up from the dead. And he's saying, believers, I want your eyes to be open. I want you to know this, that this is the power that's been made available to you and me. The resurrection power of God. So let's try to, like we say, wrap our minds around this, try to get some understanding of this power. In Revelation chapter 1, verses 17 and 18, the Lord Jesus, this is almost 60 years post the resurrection. The resurrection, if you say, happened around 8030. Here, this book of Revelation being given to John the Apostle is around 8098, thereabouts. So it's about 60, year, 60 years post the resurrection. The Lord Jesus appears to John in Revelation 1, 17 and 18. He tells John, John, I am the first and I am the last. I am he, verse 18, I am he who was dead, who was alive, and who has the keys of hell, Hades, hell and death. So he says, I have authority, just to simplify it, I have authority over hell and death. So the power of his resurrection is the power that overthrew hell and overthrew death. Let's think about it a little bit more. Hell. As we understand it, after Jesus was crucified, he descended into Hades. Hades in those days had two compartments. One was Abraham's bosom. The other was the fire side of it, the place of torment. And Jesus descended into Hades. And you can imagine, just, just use your mind, uh, imagination a bit. This was the devil's final chance to stop the plan of God. If he could keep Jesus down, and I'm just using my imagination, a good project manager would told, have told all his team members, stop whatever you're doing, come here. We need every one of you here. <laughs> right here. We've got to hold Jesus down. This is our last and final chance. He's already whipped us on the cross. Let's see if we can keep him here. And you can just imagine all of hell 
would have focused on that one moment in time, attempting to keep Jesus down. But the resurrection power of God, the glory of the Father, the Spirit of the living God raised him up from the dead and all of hell was dismantled. They couldn't stop him. Yes, let's give the Lord a great praise. All of hell was overthrown by the resurrection power of God. And God is saying, that's the power I've made available to you. So tell me, is there anything hell can do today against you and me? Because the power that's been made available to you is the power that has already overthrown all of hell. All of hell. And that's the power God is saying, I want you to get an understanding of. I want your eyes to be open to know that this is the power I've made available to you who believe. Think about death. For three days, the body of Jesus, which is the natural, which was a natural flesh and blood body, was biologically all the processes had stopped, dead, no life. Decay had set in. So the resurrection power of God undid all of that in a moment of time. Conquered the grave. And not only that, the body that was flesh and blood decaying now came out as a resurrected, glorified, immortal body. Never, never, never to die again. All in an instant. And God is saying, that power with which I could take that body and transform it in a moment, that's the power I've made available to you. The resurrection power of God. So there's nothing that the devil can do to stop you. Because the resurrection power of God is at work in you. Has been made available to you. And there is nothing on this earth. Death is a form of decay, a degradation. There's nothing that is on this earth that could come against you. That can withstand no natural process, no natural situation. Nothing on this earth that can stop the power of God. From working in your life. My life. And so Paul is praying. Believers. I'm praying that God would open the eyes of your understanding. That God would enlighten your heart. So that you can know the exceeding greatness of his power. That he has made available to us who believe. This is the same power with which he raised Jesus up. From the dead. Now Paul was speaking from experience. I'm going off my notes, so PowerPoint, please forget it. Just, just don't worry, just relax. 
Paul was speaking from experience. In his first missionary journey, in Acts the 14th chapter, verses 19 and 20, Paul the apostle is traveling to the region of Galatia, and he, he comes through you know, uh, 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 the towns of Iconium, and then he goes from there, he goes to a city called Lystra, and he's preaching, and wonderful miracle happens. A lame man rises up and walks, and there's great excitement. And then the people from Iconium come, and they persecute Paul. They apprehend him. They drag him out of the city, and they stone him. And they leave him as dead. Now, when they stone him, don't imagine in your mind one little stone. Ding! No, that's not stoning. Stoning means they kill him. And the Bible says they dragged him out of the city, they stoned him, and they left him for dead. Now, in all practical, natural reasoning, such a man would have taken at least six months of good hospital care to recover. But what do you see happen there? Acts 14, verses 19 and 20. It says very simply, the believers came and stood around him. And Paul arose, and he went back to the city. And the next day, he went on his journey to Derby. And from there, he traveled back to Lystra, the same place where he was stoned. And from there, he went on to Iconium, the same people that he stoned him. And from there, he went on to Antioch. Doesn't sound like a man who was stoned to death. And Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 10 and 11, he says, though our outward man is perishing, I mean, we are facing tough times in, in the body. He says, 2 Corinthians 4, 10 and 11, the life of Jesus is made manifest in our mortal body. In other words, he's saying, look, I'm experiencing something. The life of Jesus is made manifest in my body. Even though in the natural, it's hard. I mean, imagine being stoned. He said three times he was whipped with 39 stripes. He was shipwrecked. He went, you know, he suffered all kinds of things. And he says, but none of them is destroying my body because the life of Jesus, the resurrection power of God is at work even in my body. And so he writes to the Philippians, Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, 11. He writes and he says, this is my goal, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. So he says, I want to take part in the sufferings of Christ. Can you imagine if somebody asks you, what's your purpose statement? I got three things. I want to know him. I want to know the power of his resurrection. And I want to partake in his sufferings. Well, most of us would leave that out. <laughs> but Paul said, hey, that's my purpose statement. I don't mind sharing in his sufferings. Why? Because I'm sharing also in the power of his resurrection. So Paul is saying, this is my goal. 
I count all things as dung. As, I mean, all the things as well. I don't care about it. There are three things I want to know. I want to know him. I want to know the power of his resurrection. And I want to know the fellowship of his sufferings. And even if it means I might, so that I can be conformed to his death, that I might attain to the resurrection from the dead. In other words, he's saying, look, these three things are happening here and now, but I know I'm going to die, but then I know what's going to happen after that. I'm going to be raised up from the dead. But look at the here and now. The here and now. I want to know him. And I want to experience the power of his resurrection. I want to walk in that resurrection power in my life. And he had a testimony. He could look back and say, hey guys, you remember Lystra? Remember how they stoned me? But I got up and I walked. He didn't say the disciples took him to Lystra, bandaged him for six months. No. He got up and he walked. The next day he was, that's resurrection power. And therefore, Paul could say, believers, I'm praying for you. I want you to know the power of his resurrection. One more thought before we get to praying. In that same epistle, in Ephesians 1, where he prayed for the believers and said, believers, I want you to know the power of his resurrection because that's the power that he's made available to all of us. He goes on in chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. He says, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think, according to the power that works in us. What's the power that's working in us? It's the resurrection power. And so Paul is saying, God is able to do beyond what you can ask or think. Or you could say it like this, beyond what you can ask or imagine. By this resurrection power that's working in you. So believers, there is resurrection power available to you and me. It's the power that overthrew all of hell. Nothing from hell that can stop you. Because it's resurrection power. It's the power that overthrew death. So there is nothing that can degrade, destroy your life here. There's power to overcome that. It's the power, there is power available to do beyond what you can ask or think. Paul said it. Beyond what you can ask or think. That's the resurrection power made available to you and me. Amen. But our eyes need to be opened. Perhaps as a church, we are just scratching on the surface of this resurrection power. Every now and then the switch seems to go on and there's a surge of power and goes off. It's a, whoa, look at that. Yeah. You just got a little surge of that resurrection power. 
But God said, it's there all the time. I've made it available for the church. It's there all the time for you and me. Worship team, please come. Standing there before Lazarus' tomb. Lazarus has been dead four days. Mary and Martha had been grieving. And they, their thought was, Lord, if only you had come four days prior, Lazarus would not have died. Meaning, God, I think you showed up a little late. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Time doesn't matter. I am the resurrection and the life. Then he went on to tell them. He said, verse 40, look, John 11. He said, if you will believe, if you can believe, you will see the glory of God. If you will believe, you will see the glory. You will see a demonstration of the resurrection and the life. If you will believe, you will see. That's why it's so important for us to encourage our faith, to receive revelation knowledge that will lead us to a place of faith of believing God because only when we believe can we see the glory. So believing is like plugging into the power source. It's like putting the switch on so that the power of God, the resurrection power of God that's available to us can be demonstrated, can be expressed for you and me. So this morning, I want to encourage us Think about this. Paul prayed. He said, believers, I want your eyes to be open. I want you to know the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. It's the power that God used when he raised Christ up from the dead. That's the power available to you and me. And it's not meant to be dormant. It's not meant to be inactive. That power is there to do something. Paul said in Romans 8 verse 11, he said that the, spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus up from the dead, he dwells in us and he quickens, he gives life to our mortal bodies. God gives life to our mortal bodies by his spirit who dwells in us. So the Holy Spirit in you is not sitting there doing nothing. He's there to give life to your mortal body. So this morning, I want to just encourage us to pray, to believe, and say, God, this resurrection power, this power that overthrew hell, this power that overthrew the grave and death, this power, God, that can do more than what I can ask or think, God, I want this power demonstrated in my life. In whatever circumstance, in whatever situation, if there is sickness, there is disease or pain or oppression in your mind or whatever, God, I want that power to come through 
in my life. I want you to pray and say, God, I believe. Ask and think because he is able to do beyond what we can ask or think. Ask, think, imagine. See what the power of resurrection, power of God can do for you and me. So ask and think. We're going to, in a few minutes from now, I'll request us to stand. And then we're going to pray. But let's make a demand on the resurrection power. You know, one thing about the early church, and you read this in Acts chapter 4, verse 33. It says, with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was on them all. So the purpose, one of the objectives, the purposes of this resurrection power being displayed through the church is so that it actually gives witness to the resurrection. That means we can say, hey, look, Jesus is alive because his power is demonstrated with great power. The apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so today we want to ask God for some witnessing or some demonstrating of the resurrection of Jesus Christ right here. So as we pray, I want each of us to say, Lord, I want the resurrection power of God to be demonstrated in my life. And if there are people here, you need healing in your body, you pray, you ask and think, ask and think. Lord, I want your healing power. I want this resurrection power to heal my body, to heal my mind, my emotions. God, I want your resurrection power to touch my circumstances, my situations. Let it be a witness to the resurrection of Jesus. And we'll pray. We are simple people. We can pray. And then we'll invite testimonies. If something happens to you, right here, right now, when we pray. I want to request you to just come up forward. Our ushers will help you. There's a mic here. You can just tell what happened to you right here, right now. I understand that some of these things, we need to go back to the hospital. We need to go to the doctors, get checked, get verified, and we, we encourage that. We don't want to do things out of excitement we don't want to just just excitement we don't want to create this as a fad or a hype we want the real so if you need to go back and get checked perfectly fine do it but if you can verify that something happened here and now just come on up forward and share your testimony and this is to the glory of god for the glory of god okay is that all right Let's rise to our feet, please. Let's rise to our feet. As the worship team leads us, please take a moment to do what Ephesians 3.20 says. Ask or think. Ask and think about your circumstance, about your situation. Ask and think. He's able to do beyond what we can ask 
or think according to his power that's available to us his resurrection power so you ask or think lord do this for me by your resurrection power do this i let him do it let him answer your prayer i'll come of course i'll pray but i want you to just believe look to the lord so let's worship and ask and think ask and pray at this point at this moment the one who does impossible is reaching out to make me whole reaching out to make me whole Life is flowing through my veins. The one who does impossible is reaching out to make me whole. Reaching out to make me whole. The one who put death in its place. His life is flowing through my veins.
Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I want you, as, as we're praying, as I pray, just go ahead. Continue in your asking and thinking. Continue in your asking and thinking. And expect the resurrection power of God to touch your body, to touch your minds, to come into your circumstances, into your situations. Expect that to happen. Father, your word says that you have made the resurrection power of God, your power, available to us. The power that overthrew all of hell, the power that overthrew death itself, the power that can do more than what we can ask or think, that's what you've made available to us. And Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name that is higher than every other name, I ask, Father, that in this place there will be demonstrations, there will be expressions of that resurrection power taking place. In the healings of bodies, in the healings of minds, in the turning around of people's circumstances and situations, in the deliverances of people, let there be demonstrations of your resurrection power right now, Father in this place in this place let there be demonstrations of your power in this place even now in Jesus name in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Father we thank you God we thank you we thank you God thank you Thank you, Father. Thank you. I want you to check your body. If you have, you came in with some sort of a problem, just check your body. Take a moment. Try to do something you couldn't do to check your body. If there is a visible, recognizable, verifiable healing that has happened right now, just, just come on forward. Right? A recognizable, verifiable healing. Just come on forward and we'll take your test away. Just give a few minutes for that. Just check if God has done something for you right now. And you can verify. Just come on up and check. Anyone here? Just come on up. Don't feel shy. Just come on up. If God has done something, you can verify in your body physical healing has taken place just come thank you thank you and father in the name of Jesus I just pray that this resurrection power become evident in each of our lives in our life situations father in our circumstances, in our situations. Let the resurrection power make the impossible possible. 
Let the resurrection power of God turn around circumstances, turn around situations, bringing dead, dead things back to life, opening up closed doors, unlocking God what seemed to be a sealed tomb. Lord, let your power moving in our lives, moving in our circumstances, change such things. Let the resurrection power of God completely change the course of a downward trend of something that's doomed that is going downhill that is going into destruction let it be changed completely and suddenly because of your resurrection power God let people experience this in their lives today you might be here this morning or this afternoon and life might be going downhill it may be on a downward spiral but today you've heard about the resurrection power of God and I announce to you that things will change that by the resurrection power of God God will take it up it'll go up and not down things will get better and stronger because of his power at work in your life father we thank you that even things that have been given up as hopeless that you bring it back to life. You resurrect it. You give life to it, God, because of your resurrection power at work in our lives. Because of your resurrection power at work in our lives. Thank you for doing this in the lives of your people, the lives of your children, family situations, situations at home, financial situations let them be turned around by the power of your resurrection we thank you we thank you father and we bless your name we bless your name bless your name before we close we like to do something we like to give an invitation for people who've never receive Jesus Christ into their lives we like to give them an opportunity to receive Jesus maybe a friend invited you here this morning maybe you just happened to stroll into this Sunday service I don't know but perhaps you've never in your life thought about making a decision to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ the Bible tells us that we must believe in Him. And only then we experience His forgiveness, His saving and healing power in our lives. How do you do that? Tell Him. You just tell Him, Lord Jesus, I believe in You. This is not entirely a rational decision because it's a heart decision. The heart leads and the mind follows. You believe first and then slowly you understand. So believing in Jesus is a decision of your heart. You believe with the heart. And then slowly your mind begins to comprehend and understand the reality of what has happened. But if you feel a prompting in your heart this morning, maybe you're watching online, that you want to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you've never done it before, I want to lead us in a simple prayer to help you express that to him and say, Jesus, I want to believe in you. 
I want to follow you the rest of my life. So I'm going to take a minute to lead us in that prayer. And if you've never done this before in your life, please pray this with me if you feel so prompted in your heart. Just say this with me. Lord Jesus, this afternoon, I am making my decision to believe in you. I ask you to forgive all my sins. Come into my life and help me to follow you and you alone the rest of my life. This moment, I choose to believe in you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Is there anybody here and you did this prayer, you made this prayer with me for the very first time in your life? They'd like to see your hands. It's not embarrassing, but this is to celebrate with you. If you prayed this prayer with me for the very, very first time in your life, could we see your hand, please? Could you wave it at me? Anyone, any, anywhere? I can see one little, I can see some hands there. God bless you. Anyone else? You prayed this prayer with me for the very, very, very first time. Anyone else? Anyone else? Just wave it at me, please. Wave it at me. All right, ushers, you need to take care of this. I can't see every hand. Please wave it until an usher comes to you. We have what is called a new believer's bag. And uh, if you pray this prayer with me this morning, we want you to receive this bag. So please make sure you wave your hand at one of these ushers who are standing close by. They'll come and they'll give this back to you. Along with this bag is a, con is a card that says decision card. If you can please write your name and number and hand it back to them, then somebody from the church office will call you and tell you how to use the resources in that bag. So please make sure you do that before you leave if you prayed with me for the very first time in your life. We're going to close. I'm just going to pronounce the benediction. We'll dismiss after that. I think we have uh, uh, our member care team has organized some cakes, I think. So please pick that up on the way out. Uh, have some time to meet each other. Enjoy. God bless. Let's close. Let's close. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, our Heavenly Father, and the sweet fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with each of us always. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Thank you for listening. We trust this message was a blessing to you. For more free resources, including sermons, sermon notes, and books, please visit apcwo.org. For information on APC Bible College in Bangalore, visit apcbiblecollege.org. Do remember to download the All People's Church Bangalore app from the Apple or Google Play Store.